This is Mercy Harper, writer for research services at APQC. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to APQC podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm here with Enrique Alvarez, co-founder and managing director of Vector Global Logistics, to talk about the current state of logistics. Welcome to the podcast, Enrique. Mercy, thank you so much for having me, and thank you uh, for everyone, uh, your, any one of your guests that might be listening to this interview. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. So at APQC, we survey our supply chain audience every year about their challenges and priorities. And logistics has been moving up the list in recent years, which yeah. is no surprise, but honestly, it feels like an even bigger priority now than it was at the outset of this year when we collected the data for the survey. Gas prices keep going up, inventory concerns are still an issue, and employee turnover in this field is high. But end customers continue to expect lightning fast, magically perfect deliveries. And that's why I'm so glad to have you on the podcast to share your thoughts about what's happening now and how we can continue to move forward. So the first thing that I wanted to bring up is that there's a lot of attention on new technologies in logistics, but it can be hard to separate hype from reality. So where do you think most logistic providers are really at when it comes to digital transformation? Yeah, and it's a really good question. I think for uh, to give you a better answer, I think you will have to uh, include the uh, geographical component to all of this because logistics and supply chains in general, as you know, are like a worldwide thing and all the supply chains are interconnected with each other. So it really depends on where you are maybe us and europe and uh might be similar but then you go to africa and latin america and some other parts uh in asia and, and it's it's slightly different everyone's worried about the same things but i think the the focus on the attention to where they need to be investing is different just because the infrastructure is, is at different stages if you will now uh in the us technology is growing fast and i think it's growing fast in uh more accurately predicting demand. I think we saw that during the pandemic and this last couple of years that have been pretty terrible for everyone in the world. No one expected it, right? So a lot of companies were rushing towards the just-in-time inventory levels, uh, holding very, very few inventory here in the U.S., manufacturing wherever it was cheapest, as opposed to wherever it made more sense from a logistical standpoint. And, and it worked, and it worked well for a very, very long time. And again, to no one's fault, uh, no one expected the pandemic we had, and uh, but after the pandemic, companies are reassessing that. So they're looking into better ways of forecasting demand, better ways of having more visibility into their supply chains, better ways of interconnecting their manufacturers and, uh, and providers and suppliers to the end users and making sure that they, they have a more connected and streamlined uh, supply chain. Absolutely. So on technology, I kind of wanted to bring up last mile delivery because this is where we see all the really cool tech, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so do you think organizations are over-focusing on last mile delivery or under-focusing on it when it comes to, you know, kind of that technology spend? I think from like the organization, from logistic companies investing in these technologies, I think they have a pretty balanced uh 
uh, approach to investing. However, when it comes to the consumers, what really excites us is what touches us, right, as consumers. So uh, last mile delivery has been a very hot topic, especially with the drone deliveries and the self-driven cars. And because it's fun and it's exciting and it's something that really is easy to understand and applies to every consumer, me and you included. So, uh, so it has just a little bit higher hype uh, about it. And I think the uh, media picks it up a little bit easier. But now if you actually were to talk to all those lo large logistic providers, Vector included and, and, and high, bigger than us, like the UPSs, DHLs of the world, I think they have a pretty well-balanced, level-headed way of approaching this. So they do have this great creative technology focusing on last-mile delivery, but they also understand that that the main problem right now, that's the last step in the supply chain, right? The, the main problems are more in the, um, the port congestion and ocean shipping and uh, long lines at the rail tracks and things like that and, and visibility, track and tracing, making sure that you know exactly where the containers are. So, and, and I, they are placing their money smartly, uh, although we only hear this uh, small part of the whole investment. Absolutely. Um, so I want to turn now a little bit to sustainability. Can you tell me about the logistics with purpose movement? Yeah, well, uh, logistics with purpose is basically a way for us to explain why we do what we do. And since we started this company, we set off to um, leverage logistics to change the world. And, and of course, when we started more than 10 years ago, it was very aspirational. And a lot of people told us that we were not only crazy, but maybe just too naive about this. But at the end of the day, we believe strongly that um, caring individuals can and will change the world. And after realizing that everything has a logistics component to it, right? Your earphones, my microphone, the computers we're using, the phones, the cop I'm holding. I mean, every everything is not manufactured where you are. So uh, chances are uh, everything has a logistics component to it. So we thought that it would be a really, really good way to change the world if we could, if we could somehow... A um, couple logistics would uh, change in the world, and that's what logistics with purpose means to us, and, and it's the way for us to express why we do what we do, why we um, get up every morning and work as hard as we do, and and, and it's it's growing, it's successful, and it's attracting a lot of talent, not only for uh, from for our team and employees, but also clients and suppliers, so it's it's been exciting to see uh, that the world and the new generations really plays uh, a, a a lot of value into sustainable, responsible, caring, purpose-driven organizations, and, and that's what Vector is. Quick uh, follow-up for you on that. Um, I'm curious how you're bringing suppliers along on this journey with yeah. you. Yeah, So, and, and it's a really good question because initially uh, what we do right now is mainly four things, uh, four level levers, and I'll give you a little bit of context and then I'll answer your question. But four levers basically that we use to change the world or make it a better place. One is internally with our employees, keep growing this unique results-based culture, bringing more employees, measuring performance by results, taking the time component out of the equation. So the more we grow, the more we benefit uh, families and people that work with us. The other is uh, donating for every container we move. So for every container we move in the US, we donate to uh, serve uh, 50 meals to children in Kenya. In Mexico, we have two offices and we're donating to children with uh, cancer and their families. And in Chile, we have partnered with an organization that helps uh, children with special needs. So that's another way for us to affect change. Now, um, 
The third one is working with purpose-driven organizations and non-for-profits, helping them move books and medicines and supplies. And we have a, a strong uh, relief effort uh, division and team now focusing on Ukraine, for example. And we just had a horrible uh, earthquake in Afghanistan a couple of days ago. And so we're looking into that as well. So that's another way of doing it. And and the third thing is is really uh, the answer to your question, which is the suppliers, right? We're trying to work and bring companies that are as mindful and as, uh, I guess, share our culture and values uh, along the way. And we're approaching the suppliers. And, and I'll give you one very good example, Hapak Lloyd, this multi-billion dollar steamship line company based in Germany, um, Hapak Lloyd. And I'll send you the link because it's a, it's a really good company. Uh, Maersk CMA as well, but in particular, Hapak Lloyd, because I have the personal experience with them. Uh, when we started this effort to ship to the Ukraine, uh, we contacted Hapak Lloyd, we contacted a lot of other steamship lines, we contacted our partners and agents through the WCA, which is a worldwide network of agents, uh, and they all jumped in immediately. They were like, Hapak Lloyd is offering us containers at cost, which I've never seen any other steamship line do. Uh, the WCA has offered to pay for shipping, Vector is paying for shipping, and we started growing uh, the first kind of coordination meeting for the Ukraine. There were like a couple of people participating, and then it just started to grow and grow and grow, and, and now we have these meetings every month because unfortunately the problem will continue, and there's millions and millions of refugees. So just as an example, uh, we are basically bringing suppliers along to this logistics with purpose mentality as we grow us, as we interact with them. And, uh, and I'm super happy to report that, that people, people are good in general. They jump in, they try to help, they do their part. And it's been super inspiring to see how many people uh, share our beliefs. That is awesome. And I'm a huge you know, proponent of this stuff as well. Um, but I wonder if you think that the focus on sustainability is, is kind of getting muted by inflation and the scares about that people are worried about their pocketbooks are they a little less willing to think about the greater good yeah well i think in general um how how do i phrase this so that it's correct but uh i believe in the united states in particular and in other parts of the world as well we sometimes panic too quickly right it's yes inflation is here there's recession might be coming, but, but we, we should have seen this coming, right? After the two years that we had, after the pandemic, after the amount of things that we've been buying, after all the government support that, that has been given, um, I think this is something that, that is logical and reasonable. And, and I don't think that we should be, I mean, we should be concerned and we should be proactive about this. We should take it into consideration as we continue growing and investing, but we should not panic. I think panic is what happened when we did not have toilet papers uh, on the shelves. And, and we all saw what happened then, right? And then, or when uh, there's a pipeline in Texas that, that didn't deliver fuel to Georgia and then everyone panicked, everyone went to the gas stations and tanked their cars and we all saw what happened. So I think panicking is not the option. We will be okay. This is all a cycle. And I think it makes sense that we're all expecting, uh, we're all going to go into a worldwide inflation problem with the two amazing years that we had. Um, demand uh, in the U.S. Uh, was up to 32% in 2021 compared to 2020. So it just we've just been buying way too much. Um, so so I think um, answering your question, I think good, caring, purpose-driven companies know that this is just a cycle. I think that companies continue to care about the uh, CO2 emissions. 
green initiatives. Uh, people continue and as consumers, and I think as uh, the new generations uh, start buying uh, products, they will continue to demand companies to do the right things. And they will stop buying from companies that are not ready or are not, um, I guess, responsible enough. Uh, and the good thing is, uh, and I have two young kids, I mean, they, they see right through the marketing campaigns. I think that we were a little bit more uh, susceptible to marketing. They, they really see when a company is caring and honest and transparent, and they totally see when it's just like marketing stunt and they think that they have this corporate responsibility program, but they know it's all marketing stunt and they don't really care. So I, I'm hopeful. And I think answering your, in a very long way as well, uh, your question is, I'm not worried about this. I think that it's not going to be affected by the inflation. Uh, maybe short term uh, with some companies, but those companies are probably just being short-sighted and they should probably put more trust in the new generations and um, and what the world's really about. Totally agree. Um, so now I want to turn to the, the people side because that's also a challenge, um, particularly, you know, kind of across industries and, and, you know, disciplines, but in logistics in particular, you know, we're yeah. getting a lot of turnover. Um, so how do you think we can do a better job of attracting people and retaining them? Yeah, um, and something, again, I've seen in my company, right? So it's first-hand experience. Uh, it's just having a better culture. Um, we sometimes try to pursue things in the same way that we have been doing it for many, many years, and that's just clearly not working anymore, right? The pandemic uh, gave us a lot of lessons. Uh, hopefully, a lot of people were listening, but one of them is that you don't have to be at an office from nine to five. Why rushing back to the office? Why rushing back to being stuck in traffic in the mornings? We can work remotely. I think that people have to embrace that. I think that people have to realize that that's a true possibility this day, especially with the technology we have. Um, so I think answering your question, uh, it is really all about caring about your culture and having a strong culture so you can attract talent and people that really believe in what you believe. And, and just be honest about why you do things uh, and, and people can self-select among all the different companies based on where they feel more comfortable working. So, Do you think that there's any opportunity to, you know, maybe perhaps in partnership with, with universities or, or um, you know, professional associations start to maybe reposition the field? Because I think it, it has a People might, some people might have a bad taste in their mouth. I don't want to talk yeah. about cer certain companies, but I think you know what I'm talking about. No, no, absolutely. And it does have a bad reputation, right? I mean, it's been, again, the pandemic that has uh, once again brought the, uh, uh, the light to logistics. Uh, before, before the pandemic, logistics was not something that was taken to and uh, was not considered like super important for consumers. Uh, we didn't really care where products came from as long as we had them. But now it's uh, completely different. So you're right. I think that uh, we should, from a marketing standpoint, we should do better uh, and we should try to change the way people think about logistics so that more people can come to our industry because now everyone knows that it's important. Everyone knows that it's attractive and everyone knows and understands how critical it is, especially when there's issues or challenges like the ones that we continue to, to face, like the war in Ukraine, uh, the pandemic, earthquakes, things like that. So definitely the solution simple too, I think, just be fair and pay pay more. 
truck drivers in particular, they, yeah. they're amazing. They're key to our economy and everyone, every, I mean, the whole world's economy, um, the dock workers, uh, delivery people, uh, warehouse workers, uh, people that are working those areas are unsung heroes. And I think they have been neglected for quite a while. So my take and my hope is that people realize how important they are for everyone to have what we have. And we are thankful enough uh, and, and honest enough and fair enough. So we would just pay them more. And, and if you're fair and you have a good culture and you're paying uh, good salaries and people will come to the industry. Why, why wouldn't they, right? Absolutely. So uh, I wanted to close out. I know that you're a soccer fan, just like me. Um, yep. So you must be excited about the World Cup. And logistics is such a big part of any major international sporting event. And it doesn't get any more major and international than the World Cup. Not to us. Right? <laughs> yeah. For all the flow, that's the, that's the, yeah, it's the, it's the pinnacle. Can, yes. Yeah, right. Um, so what logistics innovations do you think or hope we'll see in time for the World Cup in 2026? Yeah, so there's, there's plenty. I think some, some of them uh, that I would like to see by 2026 are uh, a, a big, big uh, push for uh, automated or autonomous driven cars and trucks in particular, self-driven trucks. I think that would be a really good thing, especially now that we're need, there's a shortage of truck drivers uh so we would definitely need that uh another big one for me would be on the tracking and tracing of containers like just have better visibility i mean we can we already have the technology we should be able to know exactly where our containers are at all times um and uh i would love to see that as well and and then just better software to to manage uh demand and then better forecasting tools that allow you to to have a more seamless uh, transition from someone putting a purchase order somewhere to someone manufacturing somewhere else in the world. So I think those would be the three for me. Absolutely. The, the stuff that uh, some stuff people might see, but a lot of stuff folks might never see. And Absolutely. Still create that, that magically perfect experience that everyone wants to happen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Mercy, this has been fun. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and um, good luck to the Houston Dynamo. I guess it's the team you're cheering for, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Um, yeah, they need all the luck they can get. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so before we go, uh, listeners, I definitely recommend checking out Enrique's podcast, Logistics with Purpose, and we'll include to that a link to that and Vector Global in the show notes. And once again, I'm Mercy Harper. Thanks for joining us for this APQC podcast. Please go to apqc.org to learn more about our research, and we hope you have a great rest of your day. Mm -hmm.